You are listening to Oliver Dixon on the Station of the Year. Do you think Parliament works? Do you think that it's effective at the things that it's supposed to do? Oversight and accountability seems to be one of those things. But an outer report finds that it's failing at very specifically that one thing. Rachel Fisher, Outer's Parliamentary Engagement and Research Manager, joins us uh, this morning. Rachel, good morning. Thank you so much for your time. Before we go into the meat of the report, tell us about the format and structure of Outer's Parliamentary uh, Fitness Report. Is it largely a qualitative report? Is it largely a quantitative report? And basic methodology applied, what would that be? Good morning, Oliver, and hello to the listeners. Gosh, Oliver, you're asking a researcher now to delve into the, the process, right? It's one of the most exciting things we do. And indeed, yes, it's a combination, Oliver, of both quantitative and qualitative. The quantitative elements are those that we can count and that we can count over a long period of time to start seeing trends and benchmarks. And these are basically to see how many meetings are taking place, how many meetings are the executive attending? Um, questions and answers, written and oral submitted, answered, answered late and answered on time. So this gives us a very good idea of increases or decreases um, in trends. Uh, qualitatively, and this is where the juicy bits come in, if I can put it that way, is every year we scrutinize portfolio committee meeting minutes, as well as annual reports, um, annual performance plans, as well as budget review and recommendation reports. And from there, we start picking up issues that cause concern. How are they addressed? Are they remedied or are they just yeah. left? I'm going to ask you a bunch of really, really rudimentary questions, but I think the detail of it matters. What is the rate of absenteeism of of, mem of parliamentarians and the executive in parliament of, over the last calendar year? That's a very good question, and I'm particularly going to focus on the executive, which makes it a bit more difficult, right? In the sense, we can't find a benchmark to say the executive must attend at least half of uh, parliamentary uh, meetings. We cannot say that in essence. So that's why we track the number of attendances at least now over the past 10 years to see can we see a trend. But for us, it matters because if you have a government department that is consistently failing. Let's use as an example, um, the communications and digital technologies department that is more than 12 years late on the broadcasting digital migration. Yeah. You would expect the minister to be attending very often because this is an issue dragging on and costing a lot of money. Um, in terms generally of MPs attending meetings, they must attend to achieve a quorum. So that isn't something that has been raising a red flag for us. Hopefully not yet. Yeah. But for ministers not attending, that is a cause for concern. What is the criteria to be able to determine whether an MP is a well-performing MP, a non-performing MP or a poor-performing MP? Also a very good question. And um, we've been trying to delve into performance agreements to see what are the MPs' performance agreements and how can we measure them against that? And this is also very difficult. You would think that this is 
information that is quite easy at hand. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, it's even just as hard to find performance agreements for ministers. Now, of course, ministers, you can consider that it's through the function of the presidency to see whether the ministers yeah. are dealing with you know, their duties. But then you can see how these duties are being disregarded in terms of what they are delivering on in the parliamentary proceedings, where portfolio committees do not deliver on the oversight of the executive. And uh, we found in some of the meetings itself where MPs that want to do well want to take to task the executive for failing and then they get put in their place for saying this is not your duty to do so. So it's it's cutting off arms of MPs that actually want to do their job. One of the other core competencies of Parliament is lawmaking. Uh, tell us about that over the last year. How many bills have been tabled and how many bills have been passed in the last year? So I, I cannot give you the exact number of how many bills have been tabled, uh, purely because that's not something that we were focusing on the report. But I would definitely recommend for listeners to please go and visit even uh, the Parliamentary Monitoring Group's uh, website, PMG. First of all, because Parliament does not really produce their minutes in a very accessible manner, which yeah. you would expect to do since they've got a budget. So a civil society non-government organization, PMG, are the ones that should be doing that. And they have a very good uh, bill tracking system. What I can tell you, Oliver, in terms of bills being passed, yes. Um, a very good example of one that's been in the media quite a bit is the Electoral Amendment Bill, which is now the Electoral Amendment Act that follows through a very farcical process last year since it was tabled in January and then officially gazetted in April of this year. Now, look, so when a bill gets passed, it needs to go through a number of iterations particularly on public participation. And I can never underscore this enough for any listener or, yeah. or any citizen in South Africa, how important public participation must be. Now, Oliver, did you know that no, absolutely zero public education programs took place educating us as to what does the Electoral Act say? Um, how can it be improved based on the concerns identified by the Concord? Why is the new bill being tabled? What are the implications it has? Now, we've had instances where people were being bussed into public participation events, giving scripts to read as to My why they goodness. agree with this bill. And it, it was horrendous. Who Oliver. facilitated now, that? Is yeah. it Parliament or is it parties in Parliament? It's both, isn't it? Because it's it's Parliament that is, so it was the Portfolio Committee of Home Affairs that uh, were responsible for the process of this bill since the Concord judgment in 2020. And, you know, we all know the portfolio committees um, sit in proportion to the political parties as they are voted for. So they would have a program going out into the various locations. They did it over 21 days. And then they worked together with local government, the, the provincial legislatures for this training. So, yes, you do have political party representatives that reach out to their members yeah. in the different areas to come and support this bill. The, the concerns, though, are is um, you have on this one hand, 
very poor, absolutely non-existent public participation and education prior to bills taking place. And then subsequently, we were about a, a collection of 12 very active organizations that submitted commentary, giving facts and legal reasons as to why this is concerning. We would submit the letters, they would get acknowledged, but very hardly were they considered in rectifying the concerns. Yep. Now, perhaps, and, and I know I'm diverging a bit from the oversight uh, report itself, but these are all connected. Yep. This bill has now been signed into an act. And perhaps you are following this, but now the act has got two court cases lodged at the Constitutional Court. Which may put in jeopardy our potential or possibility of having an election next year. We're going to have to leave it there, Rachel Fisher. Thank you so much for your time this morning. (laughs) Unfortunately, we are thin on time. Rachel Fisher, Outers Parliamentary Engagement and Research Manager.